I want my legacy to be that I was a, a really good parish president, you know, and that, and so we will have to see what that looks like, you know, and that isn't that an exciting time, you know, yeah. for us to see. Yeah. Um, but I want to be respected as, you know, a, a hard worker and, you know, that she was honest and, you know, she was genuine and she did her best. And um, because that's the parish president I would want. Welcome to Jefferson Parish Pulse, powered by JEDCO, a podcast designed to showcase the businesses, organizations, and individuals that make up the heartbeat of the Jefferson Parish economy. I'm Kelsey Scram. This week on the Jefferson Parish Pulse, we have a very special episode. I sat down with soon-to-be Jefferson Parish President Cynthia Lee Shang. Cynthia was elected to become the next parish president earlier this year, and she will be sworn into that new role in early January 2020. Cynthia has served on the Jefferson Parish Council for 10 years in various capacities, and she's thrilled, and we're thrilled, to see her step into this new role. On this episode, Cynthia and I talked about her plans for the next four years, top priorities for the incoming parish administration, and the projects she's most proud of during her time as District 5 Councilwoman and Councilwoman-at-Large for District B. Cynthia had lots to say about housing, infrastructure, and economic development. It was an illuminating and exciting conversation with the next leader of our parish. I am here with Councilwoman Cynthia Lee Shang, who was newly elected as the Jefferson Parish President. Um, she'll be sworn in in early 2020. Cynthia, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me here. It's an exciting time for me. It really is. Absolutely. Well, we're thrilled for you over at JEDCO, and um, I have a lot of questions, so I'm just going to dive right in, and we'll have a conversation. So let's talk about you. Um, you and your family have a long history in Jefferson Parish. Can you talk about some of the experiences that have led you to becoming Parish President? You know, when you when you talk about my family and politics in Jefferson Parish, of course, you know, it, it's my dad, who was sheriff, um, was elected in 1979 and took office in 1980. And I grew up under him, under the wing of him, and of course my mom with a, with a great childhood. I had two great parents. But um, I saw his public service, but I never would have thought I would have actually been an elected official ever. Um, you know, I think it kind of, um, I always saw his love of public service, and then when I got to college and then, you know, decided to go to graduate school and go into public administration, I felt that draw toward public service very strongly. You know, I moved to D.C., and I would go under the monuments and read them and be so inspired, like I was that 20-year-old. Oh, my gosh, I love um, it. But never, ever saw myself in as a politician or as actually running for office i always saw myself being you know in in government in the in the machine of government or mm -hmm. in the cogs you know so um it's life has its twists and turns and you know there are opportunities so um yeah public service i think was something i was always drawn to because of my father probably but never um as an elected official and then you you ended up becoming um, District Five Councilwoman. How did you how did you get there? What what made you say you know what I I I have to do this. This is this is my calling. Well, you know when my father passed away and he had such a long um, term of service, he had incredible. There was incredible love for him in this community, which you know when when you're grieving, that is so um, touching to you as a family member to say you know I felt that the community was grieving with me. I really did feel that. And so um, a lot of people would invite me to places to, to, to get, a, you know, awards for his service, to speak. And at some point, 
people started saying to me, you need to run for public office. And it wasn't until my late husband, I lost my husband, but it wasn't until we were watching something on TV and it was about an, a politician who was, you know, got involved in corruption. And he looked at me on the sofa and he's like, you really need to run for public office. And at that moment, it was the first time that it ever sunk in, ever, like, I ever entertained the thought that I can remember the moment, I can remember the situation, because people would say it before, but I would be like, oh, never. Even my best friend would say, I thought you would have joined the circus before you would have done this, you know, huh. growing up. So um, that's how it got started. I enrolled in the Institute of Politics. Okay. And shortly after that, uh, and I was going to give myself a couple years to think about it, sure. and shortly after that, then Councilwoman Jennifer Sneed uh, resigned, mm. and then there was this race, and it was like, okay, this happened quicker than I thought it would. I'm going to go for it. And fortunately, was elected in 2009, and that's how it all started. And from there, you've—it's <laughs> just it kind of like has snowballed into what it is today. I yes. mean, you've been um, councilwoman of District Five. You are the council at large for District B currently, correct? Um, and soon to be parish president. So, talk a little bit about some of those projects that you are most proud of because you've done so much. I mean, mm -hmm. you've just been such an, an inspirational figure for so many people and you've done so much um, good for Jefferson Parish. Can you talk about some of those projects that make you proud? I would say the lasting effects of my term in District 5 was certainly Fat City. I took that on. I, I jumped in. Jedco, I'm happy to say, was a, a strong partner. I mean, that the, what, the beauty of that was it was really a partnership. You know, you had Jedco. You had so many... Um, civic business people with us who believed in it because we had talked about revitalizing Fat City for quite a long time and we had the sheriff's office who was a, a part of it then you know Sheriff Newell Norman was all in um, but I was able to you know some what I love about public service is really the operations of it and even though that was a legislative fix that I proposed on the legislative side I really jumped in operationally and um, and what happened was we hired a national planner and he was showing these great pictures of, you know, what Fat City could be. This, these great progressive pictures of a pedestrian and colorful and the girls walking down the cobblestone, mm -hmm. you know, sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And I had initially kind of started spending nights in Fat City. And I remember saying to myself, that will never happen. Like, I can't go promote this to the, to the folks of a revitalized Fat City mm -hmm. when I know if we don't do the hard work, I'm not going to go do it. I'm not going to, I can't do it. And so I started spending a lot of nights in there, tabulating every bar, every, you know, um, adult use club. And then I had asked then Sheriff Newell Norman, he had this great tool on his website. It was called Crime Tracker. And you could really get all the police statistics and look at the radius. And I started studying it like I'm a former CPA. So I did what I do. I put yeah. it on a spreadsheet and I could quickly see that the number of police calls in the middle of the night were incredible. And I was like, I live close to this area. I had no idea all this stuff right. was going on. And then I requested the police reports, and I started reading it. And from those police reports, I saw, like, what was going on in Fat City at night, which a lot of people would not know. And I realized we have to make a lasting change in this yeah. area of how we operate, how we live in this neighborhood for mm -hmm. us to make any change. And that's how it all started, you know, with legislation. You know, it was a lot of opposition to close businesses at midnight and 1 o'clock, to shut down strip clubs, to um, – amortize the poll signs to do all these things and luckily though it's a better place mm -hmm. so I don't think anybody would want to go back to the old days right. even though it's such an incredible history um, but it was just time for that 
area to move on and I was happy to be one of many people on our team to help us do that so that's I think a lasting thing I think um, the Tolmas track um, which was a classic case of planning you know half of that lot was um, commercial half of that lot was residential and it had been argued for decades and I got into that and and really just got these two groups together and then when we um, when we rezoned the property to commercial and then Trader Joe's came by I mean I love shopping in there and you know I I feel like that's why I love public service I every time I shop in there I'm like oh I was able to make this happen right through my job you know Mm -hmm. that's incredible public service when you feel like oh I can see the difference of my work and look sometimes you work on things and nothing happens Mm -hmm. from it right I always tell my staff like nobody says we were going to do this you know hit the bullseye we just got to try and if that doesn't work Mm -hmm. try something else so those are two things in district five that I think um our lasting effects. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about Fat City. I I started at Jedco in 2012, and that was one of the hot button topics when I started. And it's amazing to see, you know, in the last seven and a half years, how far Fat City has come. I mean, it, it's so exciting. Yes. Um, and of course, Trader Joe's is just the best. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Um, it does are, very, very well as a yes. Trader Joe's. It does very, very well. Oh yeah! Every time I'm Compared in there, to it's, other, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just packed full right. of people, which is always good. Yes. <laughs> good yeah, we business. like those tax revenues <laughs> coming into Jefferson Parish. Exactly. Can't lie. Exactly. Um, so, you, what made you want to run for parish president? You know, I, I, the council is on the legislative side. We're making laws. And the parish president is really the operations, right? It's, you know, maybe other communities call it a city manager, but it really is the management of our over 3,000 employees Mm -hmm. and really making sure all the trains run on time. Mm -hmm. And that is really what I love to do. That is the first part of my career. That is all my work in the federal government. They would move me from office to office because, you know, I was – I was innovating and I was doing things and I did well and then they would ask me to go to another office and I would put in for that job and I would get that so that was sort of the start of my career with the Department of Justice is this operations and under the gun and how do you produce more and how do you be more efficient and how do you change things and that was always what I wanted to do here but at that time in my life my kids were young Mm -hmm. it wasn't the right time right so I am so very excited to be back on the administrative and the operations side of things. Absolutely. And um, as I had said earlier, it's very exciting for, for JEDCO as well. You've always been a great champion of ours. So we're really looking forward to diving into pr- new projects and projects we've already been working on together. Um, you'll be sworn in as the new parish president early next month. What is the first order of business for you in that new role? Well, it's a lot. You know, right now, which which we're doing is we're reorganizing. I think every leader needs to have an organization that fits their management mm-hmm. style. I think that's very key. And, you know, people think, oh, it's just an organization chart. Well, to me, it's how departments should communicate with one another and who they're reporting to. Mm-hmm. And those clusters should be related to their function, functionality. And so we really are looking at reorganizing that whole chart. Um, to make the communication lines work for my form of management. Mm -hmm. We're doing that. Um, But it'll be a a new team. It'll be exciting. You know, um, there are council meetings every twice a month. The first line of business is we're going to have to work on how we're going to get our legislation passed and what kind of form that takes and how we need to organize on that side Mm -hmm. to make that smooth. So I would think we would have to do that first. And really, you know, just like a baby just – 
learns to crawl and walk. Even though I've been here for 10 years, it's a new team. We're all in new roles. And um, we're going to get started. I mean, there are things that I know we want to tackle. Um, but we're going to have to get our feet wet first and, and, and start looking at many, many things. So sure. how it plays and how it unfolds, um, I'm kind of on the operation side. I'm all, let, let's see, let's get the feel for it when we, when we get over right. there. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. There's it's I feel like this is such an exciting time because it's like you're not you have expectations, but also there's that sense of like maybe not knowing exactly what to expect. Exactly. Exactly. And look, the way I feel for our employees, I've always felt that our employees were just such an asset for Mm -hmm. us. Um, But make no mistake, you know, our directors, um, they're going to have to look at improving things. I, I mm-hmm. do have this belief that if you're not always proactively looking to improve, you're really just slowly falling behind, sure. okay? Sure. Whether it's government, whether it's private sector, where, whether it's anything, even your own house, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can look at your own very house that you live in, yeah. and you know if you're not always looking to improve it, not just keep it, – it just slowly is deteriorating right in front of your eyes, right? right. And so I, I look – I believe that very strongly in organizations mm-hmm. as well. And so I'm going to be looking at all of our directors to, you know, um, how do we improve this? You know right. it better than I do. You tell me, convince yeah. me, and then, you know, I'll take the bullet if it doesn't go well, and we'll tweak it, and we'll tweak it, and, you know, but I will have that expectation of all of, all of our directors. Absolutely. We always have to continue to innovate and be looking towards the future, for sure. Yes. Um, so... Um, let's talk about your focus for the next four years. We've talked about that first order of business, but what are some of the most important initiatives that you plan to undertake as the next parish president? Well, certainly what hits us right at the beginning is the landfill improvements. Mm. You know, that's a quality of life issue. We know our citizens have been suffering with that. We know we have a lot of work, so we're going to have to really get in on that operation side and um, oversee those improvements. So that's, you know one of the first things that we have to look at we know that permitting in terms of business Mm. um we have made improvements over the years do i think it's where it needs to be no um i hear that you know i need to really get on over there and we really i I think what it is it's a lot of different departments have to work together i think it's more of a coordination thing Mm -hmm. maybe a software issue maybe it's a systems issue we really need to figure that out and improve that um our recreation department, you know, I'm someone who came up in sports on as a as an athlete, as a player, as a coach, as a screaming parent in the stands, as a club, you know, for the club side from the recreation side. I want to do improvements in recreation, and that's certainly a big investment that we in the parish have, and we owe it to the kids um, mm-hmm. to make sure we have a strong recreation department, and we do, uh, but I think there can be improvements there. So there's a lot of things that we're going to look at tackling, a lot of internal things that we need to do in terms of some of our facilities um, and how we manage those facilities. I, I feel like maybe some of that, um, not that it's not good, but I think we could facilitate that a little more. But that's mm-hmm. an internal thing. Sure. So quite a few things. Exciting stuff. Yes. Um, one, of the, one of the big questions, one of the things that we really want to talk about today is um, housing. Um, because you have championed initiatives to improve Jefferson Parish's housing stock in order to attract that next generation of families. You've worked really closely with JEDCO. You've kind of pioneered um, our housing stock enhancement strategic plan and the Terrytown Neighborhood Revitalization Project. Um, Your vision and your passion for these projects really shine through. And so I just want to hear you talk about them a little bit and and what they mean to you. Well, you know, at the end of 2015, um, some business members 
uh, and Jedco came to me with the statistic that it changed since then. But the statistic is over 74% of our housing is over 40 years old. And when I heard that, I knew it because driving around my right. neighborhood, you, you're like, yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. Um, and that is that was a hard thing for me to hear. And I knew we're always, every community is always trying to make sure we can attract that next generation of people who are going to invest here in our homes. That means an investment in our schools. That means an investment in our tax base because they're going to shop here, do their groceries here. And if you don't have that first hook of housing or schools, then that's very critical for you yeah, as a absolutely. community. So we looked into that, and let me tell you, we put a great team together with JEDCO. We had a blue ribbon committee, mm -hmm. but it was still difficult. Like, how do you tackle housing? That's right. such a huge thing. Yeah. And I would keep driving around, and I would say, you know, we need to find the neighborhood that's right, that's ripe for this, that has the good bones. And we kept coming back to Terrytown, which is, you know, like just start small, just try to do something, right. you know. And so I had approached Councilman Template at the time, who was who was going to be a new at-large member, mm -hmm, right. um, but who was who is District One. He still is, and he was on board immediately. And I said, you know, can you put some resources to it? Um, because I didn't have any resources as an at-large member. He had some resources as a district member, and we started, you know, first going to the civic associations and explaining what we're looking at. And they, luckily for us, they were open-minded to it, voted for us to do many of the changes so um you're going to see that's where we're going to make our stand mm -hmm. and really just s get the spark going using our public resources to right. get the spark going um to hope that the market hits and that the private sector follows and the private investment follows after that right we we're a government we can't go build a lot of houses but we can certainly light a matching and, and get the spark going in sure. that neighborhood and that's what we're trying to do there and then that that neighborhood will serve almost as a blueprint for other neighborhoods around the parish absolutely and once we do that the you know the um the jefferson parish finance authority has worked with us and mm -hmm. teamed with us to um start building the home builders association has been critical you know and through their nonprofit noel so we've had a lot of partners on that uh, including jedco you know who who did a great study for us with the blue ribbon committee um but we've worked with you know the home builders and, and contractors and the realtors association really looking at this issue holistically and we're going to just try and look that Terrytown neighborhood has such history but it's right across the bridge from Orleans Parish. It's right by Oakwood Mall. We're doing improvements on Holmes Boulevard. I mean, we're going to do a smart, you know, growth street right there. So, you know, you got to make a stand somewhere, and we're going to say, let's let's see what we can do here. And again, that template will be set for other neighborhoods throughout the parish. And that's that's so exciting to see that you know this is something that is so important to you. I am a millennial. I'm I live in the region. And um, that is something when we think about where we want to live, there are certain things that we're looking for, that walkability and, you know, um, that kind of that connectivity. So I think it's really great that that's something that is near and dear to you. It's challenging because we talk about the millennials a lot because we know that's the next generation of home buyers mm -hmm. and the next generation of families. And we want to every community is trying to prepare and attract the millennials. But what do we do as a community when we're already built out? We right. don't have a lot of land. Yep. We don't have a lot of space to grow. I always say, you know, I go visit my cousins in Houston mm -hmm. a couple times a year. Yep. And every time I drive out there, there's a whole new housing development. You know, they <laughs> right. lived on the west side. I mean, they they can just keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, they just keep going um, because they have open land to do so. And we don't. And right. so we have to really be careful about the resources that we have left which is why i think you know the open land on the west bank near your office near jedco mm -hmm. and near the whole churchill development mm -hmm. 
is very critical how we develop for tomorrow and not just do it like we've been doing it because we certainly know the mistakes we've made and that's why that that piece in that area that tract is so very critical to us in Jefferson Parish. Well and that I'm I'm so glad that you mentioned that Um, the Churchill Technology and Business Park is you know this is a 500 acre tract of land on the west bank of Jefferson Parish that we really kind of call that last frontier for development and we actually um, in partnership with Perkins and Will which is a a design firm based in Austin, they came in and and looked at how we master plan this site. And I know this is something that Jedco had wanted feedback from from you and all of the council. Um, c- can you talk about you know that what does that plan? How, how does it make you feel to know that there's something like that in place? Is this an exciting um, an exciting time for for the West Bank? Well, the critical thing is that the words that you say and you know was that it's a plan. I mean, you have to really look at it. And so much of the rest of the parish that developed, we're like, how in the heck did this happen? Did anybody think about this? But, you know, we look at just things that we take for granted, but how do we end up with lanes of cars right next to canal banks? Mm -hmm. Like, was that thought out? Like, how did that happen? And, you know, what it was, was the canals were here first, and we were an expanding community, and we let certain private interests take over certain things and we didn't grab enough for the public domain right and so it was only a couple years that you know my somebody told me in my family restaurant which is the house of lee we used to have a fishing pond a fish fish pond in the front like a Mm -hmm. built-in um and they said yeah well the government had to take that over to make this right lane turn on veterans and it's like okay that's what it was it was like they let us buy that land let my grandfather buy that land we grew as a community we kept expanding and so you take a lane on the right you take a lane on the left and now you're between the house of lee restaurant and the canal banks to get veterans boulevard i mean so yeah (laughs) when you're planning i guess at the beginning you're not thinking oh 50 60 years we're going to be a bigger community let's get more space for us so we can have sidewalks so we can have enough parking you're not thinking in that way and so all these mistakes that we've sort of learned as we built out the east bank all of us are like, let's not make those mistakes sure. when we have this incredible tract of land. Yeah. And so what I loved about seeing those drawings and the renderings is it does look like tomorrow. Yeah. It looks like a village mm-hmm. that's a thriving village, walkability, mm-hmm. pedestrian-oriented, but retail and residential and everything. And, like, who wouldn't want to be, you know, creating that sense of place? Right. Like, who wouldn't want to be standing right in the middle of that every day? Yeah. And that's the excitement. We just need to get, you know, get it moving. But that's incredible you know the planning that's been going on there it's a very exciting time for jedco for sure um and speaking of jedco uh, you know even though this is our podcast so we're like speaking about jedco quite a bit um economic development is a vital component to a thriving community let's talk about what you envision for the future of economic development in jefferson parish Well, when you think of economic development, you just have to have the pillars of a community in place. I mean, you might have people from the outside coming in, and they're looking at your community from when they land in the airport, Mm -hmm. and they're driving. They're envisioning themselves. My managers are going to be able to live here. My manager's kids are going to be able to go to school here. You know, am I going to want to be here? So it's many, many things when you're talking about economic. You know, you're talking about school systems. You're talking about, you know, the police force. You're talking about the hospital system. You're talking about certainly transit and transportation. So it's everything that we're trying to deliver to our own citizens at a high level is the economic development piece Mm -hmm. as well. Certainly on government, we are, and we will be structured to make sure we are responsive and ready for whatever they need, and it's planned, and it's 
you know, we're in meetings. What do you need here? You're going to need this from the sewer. You're going to need this from our drainage department. And making that as seamless as possible. And mm -hmm. certainly there's my commitment there for that. But um, I just want Jefferson Parish to bring out its natural resources and its attractions. And I think we sell ourselves. I oh, really yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so that's the economic development piece. But, you know, what I say is, it's, it's what I'll say is why the film industry loves this area. And Jefferson Parish especially. We have so many incredible little neighborhoods that have this history. Just, you know, you look at Old Gretna versus Grand Isle versus Fat City versus, you know, areas in Rivertown and Lake Town. I mean, just a 10-minute drive away, you get a different culture, you right. get a different feel, you get a different architectural style. When you go to places like, I'll say, in Houston again, you'll drive for a long time and everything looks the same, yeah. okay? Yeah, I'm not knocking here. them. Yeah, no. But that is our asset in Jefferson mm -hmm. Parish is we have these historical neighborhoods that are incredible. You know, we did a um, we were in Bucktown yesterday, and you're like, wow, this is, you know, Councilman Van Rang is moving this forward, and we got a grant for Bucktown. But think of the history there. We go back to, you know, the oldest one of the oldest fishing villages and they can they can attribute the beginnings of jazz you know a lot of people take but there is some yeah. some jazz that comes out right. of that neighborhood like incredible incredible neighborhoods that we have in jefferson parish so close together yeah i, I love that um and i want to go back to one of the things that you said which is that you and your team and the council and um, all of your various departments really focus on being responsive to business and to their needs. And that's something that we hear a lot, just even in this podcast, as I've been interviewing business owners, they talk about um, the responsiveness of our, our parish departments and our council. Um, it must make you so proud to know that that we have, we have that in place here and that you are a part of that um, you know what some of the things that make this business community so thriving well I think a lot of that is just it it's simple and it sounds mm -hmm. like we use the word so easily but it's harder to do sometimes in a system it's just communication right you know I'm coming from a council for 10 years and I've learned and this this administration the administration has been very good about communicating with us they really have um, keeping those lines of communication open. That is so critical. I'm excited about the new council we have coming on. We have some new members and we have some former members and that mix is really exciting, I think. And I think working with them, we're gonna be able to make really good things happen. I think they know the importance of the communication lines. They're expecting that from our side and we're gonna deliver that. Um, just working together, I think is just critical, but it's amazing how the breakdown can be so easy and mm -hmm. make our work so hard when right. that's not there. Right. You know, Absolutely. in every organization, you know, yeah. it really is. It's like you're just kind of tripping over yourselves. You're just like, we're all, it's right here for us. We're making our own, um, our own work much harder. And I think it's a simple thing, but I think it's, it has to be a deliberate and intentional thing that you build in. Why do you feel that Jefferson Parish is such an ideal place in which to do business? What really sets this community apart from other places? You know, we're, we're, um, we're ideally situated. I think when you look at just the whole region that we have, you know, we're going to work as a region. That's a big thing that I believe is a regional economy that we share. Um, we used to talk about the drainage and, and water knows no bounds and crime knows no bounds, but it really is, we, we have a shared economy with the parishes around us. And we're just ideally situated. You know, if you look at our airport and our train system and, you know, the river, I mean, that is 
incredible assets that mm-hmm. other communities would envy, even the water that we oh, struggle yeah. to live with. Yep. Other communities have water shortages. Mm-hmm. You know, this is water is our asset. It can be, um, you know, we have this um, love hate relationship with the water that we live in because, of course, you know, Katrina and it floods our homes and it can ruin, you know, um, our livelihood and, and certainly be devastating to us. But it is also an incredible asset for us that we have to learn to work with and make it our asset. Absolutely. And that leads me into um, my next question, which is about the future of water management and those infrastructure improvements. You know, can can you talk a little bit about your focus in that area moving forward? So, you know, when I talked about the things that I like to think I accomplished in Division B on my Mm at-large duties, I think it was the housing and I think it was being an advocate for green infrastructure Mm -hmm. and resiliency. And it started with... um, being at a chance meeting with David Wagoner, who is, you know, the the leader in water management, mm-hmm. I would say, um, you know, authored the Greater New Orleans Urban Water Plan, travels the world. And I got to have a friendship with him. And I was like, teach me these principles. I don't have an engineering background, but it all makes so much sense to me. Right. And he was willing to send me resources. And I, I'm always a student. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this this has got to be so you know, I was really pushing a lot of those. And when I would go out to civic associations, I show footage of, you know, a bucket of water being poured into the Greater New Orleans Foundation's parking lot in the back at Lee Circle. Um, and it absorbing that entire bucket of water right there. Mm-hmm. And that is where we have to go. We have got to slow the flow. We have got to stop this pave, pipe, and pump mentality. Mm-hmm. And the first place to start is certainly in the parish. And we need to, you know, in the... In, the developments that we approve we need to really have a focus on this and you will see us certainly doing that within our administration and within our own project as well I love that so much because like you said I mean water is an asset and learning how to live with it is just going to be so crucial and really Kelsey I think we should be the ones that are developing these products to push out to the rest of the world so I do think and and it is and, and JEDCO and all the you know, the growth sectors that we see for, for our growth, you know, the water management mm-hmm. is certainly one of them, the water yes. piece. Yeah. And so I think, you know, who better to be able to tell the rest of the country or the world how to live with water than those of us here that are living in a bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it is an economic development piece for us. It's oh, the opportunities yeah. there. Absolutely. Um, how can the parish better facilitate innovation in the area? Um and this could be, you know, we're talking about ride sharing or innovation in transit or, you know, stormwater management. That's something that we're just talking about. I mean, I think there's so much opportunity to innovate and in doing that bring innovative businesses into our community. Well, like you mentioned transit and, you know, we have two separate systems next to Orleans Parish. You know, we, we're going to make roadways. We've done it somewhat and we need to continue doing that. And there are strategic plans out there to make us be more regional. I mean, you know, a visitor who is coming to this area, they, they visit Jefferson Parish and they visit Orleans Parish, and they really, it should be a seamless transition mm-hmm. in terms of transit, but in so sure. many other ways as well. I mean, we really have to recognize that we are a shared economy and break down a lot of those barriers. And I think, you know, the council members on the Orleans Parish side and certainly Mayor Cantrell, we all have this and know it and understand it and are all willing to really cooperate and work well together. And I think you're going to see that in the next in the next upcoming years. Anything else that you want to mention in terms of um, what you want to focus on it during your presidency? Well, you know, I think it's – I did mention the areas that we want to look at, and I think the, pro- the, the operations process is so 
exciting to me is mm-hmm. because I never have an expectation of how we will end. Sure. Because it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get to things that you never would have imagined on day one, but the learning process opens your mind to different things. So even somebody said, well, what's 100 days going to be like for you? And I said, 100 days, we're just getting started. I mean, mm-hmm. we're just getting the data. It's okay. The it's just the <laughs> beginning. So I'm not going to spend crucial time on this four years trying to deliver something in 100 days when I know if we're doing it right, 100 days is us, you know, just getting the data, just starting to identify problems, mm-hmm. just starting to look at how we're going to make things better. And so that's the exciting part about a process mm-hmm. of improvement is that sometimes you just don't know where you're going to end up, but, you know, um, and that's the collaborative process that I love and that our team hopefully will be fully engaged in. I think that's an amazing way to look at it. Yes. I love that it's, I mean, it is. Th- progress takes time. And it's and fluid, <laughs> right? right? Exactly. And it's about tweaking and fluidity, yep. right? It's just, it. it's that's that's what needs to happen with the, with the process that we have. Perfect. Um, so what do you, this is a very, this is, I feel like this is one of those questions where, you could talk forever, but what do you love about Jefferson Parish? You know, Jefferson Parish is my home, and I remember my dad always having this love for this parish. You know, when I was a kid, I was like, well, yeah, this is this is great where we live. And then I think when you serve in Jefferson Parish, and I think if you're a public servant, you really do have, like, a feeling, an emotional feeling of love. I mean, right. I, it sounds corny, Um, it really does but you know when you travel somewhere else and then you're thinking you you start comparing everything and and my dad used to do it now I'm finding myself doing it too I travel and I'm like oh we need to get that or we do that better than that you constantly like oh we we knock that out of the park when look at them that's terrible that they're doing or you see something great and you're like oh we need to we need to do that Mm -hmm. so that's part of the love of Jefferson Parish is just you're always pushing to make this parish you know your history is here but I really look at it as this is the future where my grandchildren are going to live you know and there's the love there is like I have some responsibility to those next generations to you know carry this forward and that's a very emotional feeling of course you know that yeah. really is an emotional feeling of that's when you th- you think of I love this place it all is those it evokes those emotions certainly um and this team's right and it kind of ties right in with my next question which is what gets you out of bed every morning? What makes you want to do this work? You know, I have loved the the legislative side of the house, but I'll tell you, getting out of bed in the morning has been great in this past couple of weeks because sure. I am back to the work that I absolutely love. You know, it's kind of when I started looking at the organization and it was an open, you know, I cleared this table right here and I took out, we took out index cards of all the departments and I'm like, let's go, let's move these around. That was like... So exciting. That, to me, was the most exciting point that I've had in yeah. years because I'm just back to the work that I love doing. So, um, But, you know, I'll tell you, know, I'm lucky I get to spend time with teenagers a lot because uh, my kids are teenagers and their friends right. come around and, you know, my uh, best friend's um, kids are teenagers now. And I'll tell the young people, like, you, you've got to find something that you love. Work is a long time of your life. Right. It's a lot of hours in the day. And you can't look at it like, I got to go do my time, and then life starts at 4.30. That's just a prison you're living in. So you have to find work that you love to do. And right now, I just feel so excited that, you know, this is the work that, you know, we're going to love to do, and I feel the energy from our team. And so we're just going to 
you know, I'm not making promises. I'm just making promises that I will try very hard. You know, that's, that's, you will get my best work. You will get honest work and then we'll see what happens. Right. And I love that you talk about wanting to, you know, create a community for your children and your children's children. Um, how do your how do your kids feel about this if you don't mind me asking is this an exciting time for them as well it is they were very involved with me on the campaign trail you know and they told me they would be so disappointed which I loved you know they're my kids but they were like mom it it would have been so upsetting to us if you lost not just because we would have lost the election because we would have thought you would have been really good at it you know so I think um they know how authentic this is for me and that this isn't just a job for me sure um you know uh, i would say in the private sector if i've worked this hard for as many years as i've worked since college i probably would be making much more money than now so this is a labor of love for me and so they they get that and um and i think i hope i'm a model for them to find the career um that you that you really love that's going to bring out your passion absolutely you know well, and I, I love that you said, too, that you spend a lot of time with teenagers. Do you ever feel like you're learning things from them? Do you, do you hear from them and maybe some of that stuff are things that you might want to incorporate into your own vision for the future of the parish? Yeah, that, that generation's different. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, it's different on the, on the platform and all the apps and all the social media. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a, when you, I would love to, like, read somebody studying that. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, of all... The, the history of time like that is really different way of processing things and yeah. even my son was like you know mom it's kind of a problem for our generation we process things things are just like hit at us in sentences constantly mm-hmm. and it's different from like a generation that read books mm-hmm. okay you're just taking in it's right. a different time frame it's just a different way of thinking and that's got to have an effect on something I don't really I don't study this sure. but you know how you taken information is it quick bites or is it a long a long thing definitely has an effect on a a different generation right you are the first woman to be elected to this role in Jefferson Parish um what does this mean to you you know I I feel like you're such a role model for aspiring young women and girls I mean this must be so exciting for you you know I for me it's just I'm still me yeah right it's right. I'm the same person I've always been right. but when I see other people comment to me on that or I see other women um, then I realize how big of a deal it is mm-hmm. and and for that part it's great because if it's just one glimpse of a young girl saying oh look I could be that then what an incredible thing right but you know what was great on the campaign trail is that really a lot of men would come up to me and say, you would be the first woman, which I, I would always be shocked because I would I think a that. woman would say that, right? Yeah. And it, it's just as many or more men would come uh-huh. up and, to say, oh, you're going to be the first woman. And they were excited about it, yes. you know? So oh, I love that, wonderful. you know? So um, it really is a milestone in an almost 200-year history of Jefferson Parish. But, you know, on the other hand, I'm just I'm just the same person, you sure. know? But um, – it is it is a, a big and I, I tell my kids like it's a big deal guys you know because they're just like whatever mom <laughs> like you know I think you know if you look at the history it is a big no, deal for yeah sure. yeah that's wonderful um what advice do you have for that next generation you know kids the people that are your kids age you know life for me has been tough and not to get depressing but you know I've had loss in my life yeah, I've lost loved ones I've yeah. lost my husband I've lost mm-hmm. you know my m- many many people my father um 
it's been tough. I'm a single mom, you know, and I tell kids and I'll tell anyone it's the challenges in life that make you who you are. It is the toughest times in life that define your character. So when you're in it, it's horrible, you know, and you, you worry about kids when they go through terrible things, you, you hope that they come out okay. And they need to know that, like, this is the defining moment of your life. It's going to be bad. Um, and we always worry about that with teenagers, you know, because it's, it's hard now. But I want them to know that this is, there's, life is a long and winding road. And um, you're going to have incredible days and you're going to have tough days. Right. And you just, it's not like the tough days, that's it. This is my life. You need to have a bigger vision of that. But it's those tough days that really make you who you are and give you your strength. Absolutely. That is excellent. And advice. I didn't learn that until I was much older. Sure. You know, because yeah. what I fear for the younger generation is they see what's on social media and they see this kind of glamorous lifestyle all the time and they're constantly comparing themselves to that. And that's mm -hmm. just not anybody's life, guys. No. You know, nobody is like <laughs> on Facebook having champagne in Paris. You see, you know, like I I'll yeah. joke with my friends is like, yeah, you get on Facebook and you're just depressed about your life. Well, nobody's living that <laughs> glamorous time, life, you right? know? Yeah. Um, so. That's what's tough, I think, with kids um, these days who are so much on the social media is yeah. that they, they have this vision of what everybody else's life is like. Um, you know, I, 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 and it's not. Right. It's not. Right. So they get a, a false sense of what life should be. Mm -hmm. And it's life is tough and right. life is incredible. Yeah. Right? You, it's both sides of the coin. Yeah, absolutely. But it's the tough times that define you. Absolutely. That's such excellent advice. And for someone who might want to become a parish council person or get into a leadership role is there a, a a jumping in point that you would recommend for that next generation or what would you give what kind of advice would you give in that sense? I say you start with your passion mm -hmm. and you go volunteer whether it's at the animal shelter or whether it's in a beautification group or whether it's at the library mm -hmm. and then you get involved in a civic association you know I wish we would see more young people in our civic associations mm -hmm. you know a lot of we're, we're very fortunate that Many people who are retired are, are the leaders of our civic associations, mm -hmm. and that's great. And I, look, I get it. When you're both both parents working and you got young kids, it's very difficult to be involved in a civic association sure. for your neighborhood. Yeah. But we, you, I would say start at that level. You know, follow your passion. Do that in the public sector. And then you get a glimpse of what it's like, what it's like for <laughs> yeah. government. You know, it's not, it's not that easy. It's not that easy because, you know, when, you, when you're passionate about something – and you're not in government, it's so easy for you to just see that one side of it mm -hmm. because you're passionate about it. But right. in government, you have to balance all the interest and the opposing interest. Right. You're everyone's council person. And I think people sometimes don't realize the difficulty in that. You know, they see it so easy. This should be zoned this way. I This is the only thing that's important to me. It's so clear to me. But then when you're on the government side, no, if it's a fight, it's because it's, it's, a, it's a real issue sure. and there's just a strong opposing side yeah. and you're always trying to find that balance right. between the two interests. That's challenging for It's sure. challenging. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do you want to be known for at the end of your time as parish president? What would you like your legacy to be? You're going to have to ask me that later but I don't <laughs> want my legacy to be because I'm the first woman. Mm -hmm. I want my legacy to be that I was a, a really good parish president you know and that and so we will have to see what that looks like you know, and that isn't that an exciting time, you know, yeah. for us to see. Yeah. Um, but I want to be respected as, you know, a, a hard worker and, you know, that she was honest and, you know, 
she was genuine and she did her best and um because that's the parish president i would want yeah of course and i think so yeah yeah but not as the first woman i want more than that i want to be remembered as more than that and i think that's wonderful and i feel like <laughs> you have all of these wonderful attributes and you're such a good person from and you care so much i think that's something that we can all see so that's i love that answer that's really great good um like if somebody is coming into jefferson parish what would you tell them to do like if they're visiting what what kind of, what would be the perfect day in jefferson parish you know, it's easy. You just get in the car and you just drive around like I talked about. All of our neighborhoods are so different, and they're going to, you know, go see people fishing in, in, you know, Lafitte and see that way of life, and then you can come down to Elmwood and see what a bustling area that is for us, and then you can go to the lake and you can go to the river. I mean, it's incredible. Um, you know, I, I had a woman who traveled the world visit with me, and she walked to the lake, and she just thought, oh my god this is so beautiful and she took a picture of herself and put it on instagram and i was like we really just take this whole area for granted it is beautiful out there it is just gorgeous out there so you know i'd take somebody out to the lake and say look look what we have here you know this is how we live Mm -hmm. you know it is our difficulties in terms of building and planning that we are landlocked but this is what we this is how we live and a lot of people in this country don't have that view. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, very true. Uh, very true. Yeah. So, um, and of course, I'd take them to eat some incredible food. Oh, of course, you know? right? <laughs> yes, yes. So we just have so many offerings. Um, it would be, it would take much more than one day, right? Certainly. Yes. Well, Cynthia, your passion and your excitement just shine through. We're so excited for the next four years. It's going to be so great. Um, Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for doing this and inviting me. A very special thanks to Cynthia for taking time out of her busy schedule to be a part of this show. It was such a pleasure to chat with her about her plans for the future of the parish. We look forward to working with her in her new role. Next Thursday, we will release our season one finale of the Jefferson Parish Pulse. Most of our interviews this season have been all about our local manufacturers that have helped to make this area a hub for business and innovation. We'll cap off the season with comments from leadership at Latrum and Interlox, some of the largest manufacturers in the parish. Be sure to tune in. To be sure you don't miss out on these amazing business stories, subscribe to the Jefferson Parish Pulse on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you like what you hear, feel free to give us a good rating or leave a comment on the episode. All of that helps other people find our show and enjoy it too. Of course, we will be sharing links to all of our episodes on our social media platforms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jedco underscore news and on Facebook at Jefferson Parish Economic Development. You can also visit our website at jedco.org. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback about the show or if you'd like to recommend a guest, please email me at kscram at jedco.org. Thank you so much for listening. So even though I live with my kids, I don't, I know they're on these apps that I, I'm not on. So it's like a lot of interface that they talk about and they're starting to say things in languages that I don't really get. Like, okay, I don't, I know I feel behind, but I don't know what this whole TikTok thing is yet. So I you mean, mean, like I hear I them saying, like, okay, that's on my list to do is like understand TikTok. I don't even know if I should be understanding it, you know, so.